0: Uh, Is anybody still on the way here we go? I saw Andrea out there for a second. There she
1: is.
2: John, can you hear us? Okay.
3: Right. do we have everybody in? I can read that. That's okay. okay, I can read the statement then and
2: pass it along. Let me call the meeting door. Oh, sure. Um, I'd like to call uh, um, the meeting of the Parks and Rec Advisory Board um, to um, meet today at July 2023. Yeah, would you go sure. read
3: that? All right. Good evening, everyone. Um, we want to remind the people on the Zoom meeting that this meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to the meeting host. Unless you're participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You'll still be able to hear the meeting. When you're participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send us a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And with that, I will turn it back over to you. Thank you. Uh,
2: first, first item on the agenda is to approve um, minutes of the advisory board, uh, July tenth, two thousand twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Are there any uh, questions you, about those minutes? CMR have to approve. I move approval of
1: those minutes.
2: It's been um, it's been moved to approve the minutes. I second. You- mm-hmm been moved and seconded. Um, anybody opposed? Oh John. Oh, okay, you okay. Yeah, okay. So okay. Why do we do this a everybody in favor the region Okay, good. Okay, so we have a public comment. I don't know. there's a look that. We didn't have anybody sign up. Okay. We can move on to the first item on the agenda, which is the
4: only item on the agenda, which is the comprehensive plan for- uh, update. Good um, yeah. Um, not all the members of the advisory board had the opportunity to engage with Confluence and tonight we have Lee Jay, and we have younger uh, Amanda Golden's also online, and Hank is not with us. Correct, correct. So. Uh, uh, the folks that didn't have an opportunity to, to engage and hear the questions, and an opportunity for the public to hear the rest of the steering committee and advisory board. And with that, I'll turn it over to PJ and this. Well, great. Uh,
5: thanks, Derek. I thought uh, what we'd do first is just give you all kind of a rundown of where we are in the process. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to speak for Amanda and Leon, Just make, I think I'll make it a little bit easier. Uh, this is a report we gave last week to the the steering committee with the with the city. Um, conference that we've done up until the end of last month, uh, we've been reviewing the plans, all the different past planning documents and just getting up to speed with those. So we know what has been done in the past and where those currently sit, what, have, uh, what elements of those have taken place or are in place and things. Um, we have ETC under contract and we'll be doing our survey, the citywide survey with that. Um, with that, we're currently working, and I hope to have those questions tomorrow for you all to review. We're going to have about 20 to 25 questions um, in that in that mailing, and then if we have to, the we'll follow-up. Uh, at this point, there's going to be a couple that deal specifically with the arts and culture aspect that Amanda has crafted, and the rest will be uh, pulling just information we need for the rest of the system. Um, with that, we have been reviewing all the existing parks uh, and doing existing conditions reviews. I think the only thing we have to pull into those is some additional images of the existing facilities. I did, Kent, I know you had a concern, you might have missed something. I did go through and I took off off the city website, all of the facilities, um, that we've got. So we've got all of these taken care of some of the other facilities that aren't truly a park, like, uh, like Mary Jane's Lake, um, the distal coaches, those are all documented in the park that they reside in. So we've got all of those documented and we'll be getting those to you all for a, a review of those um, with that. We probably need a few more days just to get those images um, pulled in there. And uh, we're currently working on completing the facility uh, the, so standard makers um, with that and also the uh, um, taking a look at the average uh, you know, part tools compared to the NRPA uh, just to get our, our, our arms around that. the uh the initial facility program and other questionnaires we said for the survey uh leon's also reviewing a lot of past documents so he's up to speed with that and he uh we also with with leon and derek uh have developed the benchmark systems so we'll be reaching out to other systems across the country and uh, just real quick the the groups we're looking at are uh, bloomington indiana We've got Columbia, Missouri, College Town, Corvallis, Oregon, Norman, Oklahoma, Burlington, Vermont, Iowa City, Manhattan, Kansas, and Upper Arlington, Ohio. So we're really going for those similar communities um, sideways. So we really have something good to compare those to. Um, designing local, Amanda. Over the past months. You know, she has a, a bi weekly meeting with Porter because that's kind of his end of, of this. So, uh, Hank or I sit in on that just to listen um, with that so that those have been going. I think she's got another one coming. I think it's 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 the weeks off of this, off of one we have. So, they've got another one this week. And that's just kind of touch base, see what she's finding out. She's also, um, she's reviewed the uh, the cultural plan i are working on. She's understanding all the elements in that plan. Last week, she had a number of additional user. Um, and stakeholder interviews that she's just done on Zoom. So that's gotten her a lot of information. She's compiling that information for us to send out. So she's got a lot of that. And she's developing uh, the, a couple of questions for the survey um, with that. So that kind of wraps up where we've been the last month. Um, I don't remember who all was not in, able to meet about a month ago. Okay, well, what we did is uh, we have, and Leon and Amanda, are you are you hearing?
6: Yes, I'm here. Good evening, everyone.
5: Hey, Leon. He's listed there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I can hear you. Okay, well, great. Uh, So what we did last time, Amanda and Leon jump in, but uh, we had a whole list of questions, but what we really did was we got the first four, and that really led to just a lot of back-and-forth discussion, especially with Leon on this. So I'm just going to... throw throw it out the first the first thing we have are you know what are the strengths of the Lawrence Parks that we need to build on for the future master plan. And it's just a free for all. It's difficult. and we'll keep notes and Leon will prod you more as far as getting digging in a little deeper with that.
2: Okay, so are we engaging
5: that question now? Yes. Oh okay. So and some of you have answered that last time. Mm-hmm. Um, So just you know again, what what are the strengths of the Lawrence park system that we that need to be built on for this master plan? Now we're talking about parks now or the totality of this is the physical parks. We're gonna hit parks, we're gonna hit recreation, and we're gonna have the same question for
7: culture, arts and culture. are you wanting me to respond, or I thought we were asking the question? I'm sorry. Yes, I did. Yeah, I just asked the question. And
5: I think they're just thinking about yes. oh, Leon.
7: <laughs> okay, that's fine. I just well, really I mean, want to the people who Wait. weren't here last yes. time. Well,
8: yeah, this is Valerie. No, um, so we missed a a meeting that was a it wasn't a board meeting, right? It was a the meeting you're referring to. It was a stakeholder meeting. meeting. Okay. Yeah. By board. Okay. <laughs> um the parks are just wonderful. Yeah. I I don't know what to say, you know. I think people love them, and um, I guess maybe I don't know if we need more of them or um, I think
2: one of the strengths is landscaping.
8: Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. We're hearing some feedback or something.
0: I mean, I would say with parks, a lot of them are very accessible, so you can get to them by walking, bus, bike, car. Um,
9: I feel like kind of the uniqueness of all the different parks that we have and them not being exactly the same as like stuff you find in other cities is pretty cool and that brings people in and kind of makes it a. Uh, attraction. Yeah.
2: I think uh, to the uh, the potential of the skate park, what we're doing out there, um, the skateboard park. I think that could be a real strength. I mean, that's what we've been told, anyway. Okay.
8: I, su- I suppose we could add more spray parks <laughs> since those are in the park. Well. Like the yeah. Burroughs Creek isn't exact, but yeah, yeah the splash pads. Okay, yeah. You know. I mean, I know yeah. that, that's a money question, but
2: well, I guess another strength is the the trail around the city, the trail system in general. <laughs> it's it's referring to the Lawrence, the especially the Lawrence, that's where you know, once we get that done, it's going to be.
7: Very cool. Is the location of the parks, uh, is that a strength? Is there a balance across the city of the type of parks that people have equal access to? I've heard anything negative about
8: that. Have you
2: guys?
5: We do run in a lot um, in a lot of communities, but especially you know, the, the older portions of the city tend to have more parks. And they, they, there's always that perception that, that that end is getting all the parks and recreation money for facilities. And we're not worried about those. Is there any any issue there?
0: East versus west, north versus south. Okay, so we're pivoting now from strengths to just well, just, ages, it's just right? And that's what we did last week. It just okay. kind of goes. All right, I mean... Obviously, there are people who will see a division between east and west and, and where things are accessible and what's available. I mean, I think what we saw looking at closing some of our facilities, you know, that will, where they're looking to be closed would definitely negatively affect the center of our city and the east side of our city versus the west side of our city. So I think that can come into play if and when there's a change that might have to be made in, you know, renovating our facilities or removing our facilities. So that's something that this master plan needs to address. Just yeah,
5: have, definitely. having that cognizant. Okay.
2: I think the East Lawrence Rec Center that area that made a big difference in terms of the um, sort of the the commitment city made towards east west whatever. And then I think it's not related to Parks and Rec, but I think the school district going to that north south boundary when they did the second high school rather than an east-west boundary. That has made all the difference. I mean, I don't have kids, but I can't, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. If you in if you're in North Lawrence, I guess your kids are going out to Free State, Free State right? So that
8: really does, I think, have an impact on okay and I think Valerina. Uh, Val, no, oh
9: sorry. Oh, you
8: can go well when you mentioned that there are fewer parks out west i got me thinking do we need the developers to plan for parks or is that a city developer because yeah i mean we came here in these parks in the center city we're already here <laughs> but yeah i don't know how it does happen out west i know there's one by the police mm-hmm. you know there's a new one there but that's the only new one they know about so maybe you yeah, know we do need to think about the west more so you can answer. I think it's
2: more important to input.
10: that what you're touching on is, is relevant as, as we for the development we need to think about parts as the developments happen. Because if you don't have take the opportunity with development, mm-hmm. you lose the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And right now West is you know developing faster than anything east or north or south. Even. So even as we go south, we're gonna need to think about it because we don't we don't go past the traffic way. So okay. if we jump the traffic way. We don't have parks over there. Mm-hmm. So it's a valid concern going forward that we need to be thinking
5: about. And that is certainly something we can address, and that is uh, getting ahead of development and just having something on the books that said, okay, you know, for every X housing units that come in in this development, that a, a portion, you know, is it is it, you know, 2% of the land area needs to be dedicated park, or if they don't want to do that, then they have to pay into a fund. To allow the parking department to come in and and do it themselves that's something we see a, a, quite a lot of that's great but can you make
2: know, them the price of homes what it's going to do to the price of
3: homes some developers are actually doing that already to make it attractive i thought thing. that that was part of the plan already was that that it's taken i thought that that was part <laughs> of development plans already with the city i don't know
0: I could be wrong, but
3: I hear them complain about it.
0: I mean, I think with the city and looking at the east-west divide, I mean, you look at what the health department had talked about, where people on the east side tend to live seven years less than the people on the west side. So I think that should always come into play when we're talking about accessibility too our facilities and our parks and I think planning ahead is so important as we see growth and yes it's right now in the west but maybe it will pivot to the south or maybe it'll pivot to the north over 70 so let's you know constantly making sure that there's places for people of all property value levels of, mm-hmm. of residency to have space to walk and bike and and have a space to gather I think that's really important.
5: Great. Well, why don't we go on to the next one. It's the same thing. What are the, what are the strengths of the Lawrence Recreation that we want to build on the master plan? So this is dealing with just different programs within, within the system. And Leon, so jump in.
7: I think when we look at programs, the same thing. What are the, what are the core programs that people in the city really rely on the Parks and Recreation system to provide? Uh, I know that you have uh, the aquatic programs, the after school programs, your summer camps, obviously special events downtown those are things that people rely on but what do you what do you see as the as the strengths in program services that again, what we want to build on is not we want to make it better or we need to broaden it or do we need to change the focus or the big thing is is recognizing what are the strengths, and when we get into the weaknesses of programs, we can talk about what's missing, okay.
2: I think the variety of classes that are offered is, is just great, and the idea that so many classes are filled—I mean, at least for the life lifetime and lifelong program—I you know there's waiting lists and obviously really popular. And Gail does a great
1: job. That. Uh-huh. I think you call it unified recreation now. Used to be special populations. They see that as a huge strength. I know the staff that have worked in that historically have been super dedicated. And um, it's a critical piece for a certain segment of our population. So yeah, that's a strength for sure.
2: Yeah, you know, boy, when you go out to the sports complex or I was out at the indoor aquatic center the other day and, you know, there were groups of, groups of people with special needs out there, and I assume that was organized. Great. Yeah, one on nine.
8: I yeah. I... yeah, go ahead,
2: John.
11: Yeah, John, I'd also like to just drop out the strength of Eagle Bend, the number of people that use that from the community, as well as surrounding communities and kids and college kids, high school teams. Lots of numbers go through that golf course out there without many people in the community that know that.
2: Yes, and the way that, course, has been not just maintained, but developed over the years is, just really appreciate to uh, to the staff out there. I think if
11: anybody looks at the numbers, they grow every year and it's incredible.
0: The summer lunch program, I think needs to be increased because our community needs it more, but I think having it is critically important and a really positive asset to how Parks and Rec works with making sure kids have access to, to food and activities in the summers. Yep.
2: we talking about facilities too, or facilities broken?
5: Uh We can jump back where we the parks. The parks and facilities are the first, was the first question, but I, I oh. can add to that. Maybe. Oh, uh, we. I think we should say the sports complex
2: is unbelievable, mm. and then nobody can believe that it's no charge, <laughs> right? People come to my events and
8: Okay. Anything else on recreation programs? You probably shouldn't leave the mutt run out. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the mutt, run, yeah, mutt run. I don't know. It's more a park than a. Program. Yeah, I was. Mean, we had kind of gone back to parks. So. Well,
2: uh, and then that dog park north, right? Well, that one. I mean, it's so I'm sure not very many people who are not dog owners know about that, but that. That area out there is kind of intriguing.
5: Mm-hmm. Anything else on on programs? Nope. Let's talk about uh, Amanda. Let's switch to arts and culture. Is there a you know this is kind of a, something we're placing a lot of interest and in, and in, and work on. And is there certain aspects of the of the current program that we really need to build on um, with this 2% for order.
6: <laughs> yes, absolutely. We've heard that over and over and over again. What other ideals do you all have?
1: This is something that nobody sitting on the current board has had detailed exposure to through this board. So I feel a little ill-equipped to say what our strengths are in that area. I mean, I as a community member, I can maybe see certain things, but I don't feel like I have the depth of knowledge to really answer well, that question. Well, I think you can also
5: answer as a community member, just, you know, what, what programs have you seen over your time in Lawrence that are, you know, you really, Think is great, or you just hear a lot in the community about, man, that's such a great event. You should go to that. So I think you can wear kind of kind of both hats.
2: So we're talking about events. And what's, what's it's the the,
5: the, the the arts and programs? programs. So you just oh, events, and, you know, whether it's a whether it's something in the park or whether it's a traditional yeah. you know theater presentation. And so I think there should be more
2: um, more art in the park. I don't mean art, the the, the, uh, the event. Physical. I mean more physical. Yeah, more mm-hmm. emphasis. And really, really, I think, important is the entrances to the city. I'm sorry, what'd you say? No. And the entrances Entrance. to the buildings. And the extent to which art can make a difference
6: in that.
5: You getting that, Amanda?
6: I am. Um, I think that's a great point. We have heard that you, the Parks Department manages the city's right-of-way, so that's a very important uh, notation for us to make. Those gateways are very important. Yeah. What about cultural programming? I mean, you all already offer some classes for um, different types of students. Uh, do you have any understanding of what is successful? You know, your dance program is very successful. Uh, Anything that you feel like might be missing for, for families or for adults?
1: Um, You know, we have other, we have institutions in our community that specifically um, work on the arts, whether that's the Lawrence Arts Center, the LEAD Center, the Theater Lawrence. Um, So I don't know how that fits in this plan, but um, maintaining the strengths of those independent institutions seems very important.
5: Amanda, do you want to touch base on just who all you've been in contact with of all those other groups for us?
6: Yeah, sure. So um, when we were in town, we actually had an in-person meeting with your cultural arts commission. Uh, Each of the cultural arts commissioners have been invited to participate in an individual conversation. So far, we've had three. Um, We have also had conversations with a number of people from the Indigenous community, um, and we have also had a conversation with your economic development person. Uh, We have about 20 more people on our list that have meetings booked over the next two weeks. Um, We are going to provide kind of a midpoint high level you know, like, what are the five takeaways from these conversations on Monday to Porter? Because I think it's important to kind of um, give a midpoint review. But those five points, of course, will be shared with you at your next meeting. Uh, but those those conversations are really integral for us in understanding those organizations that you mentioned and what they're doing well and maybe where some holes might be so that we can understand if parks and recs should be considering filling the gaps um, in those spaces.
0: So I'd like to go back as we jumped into more questions but that I find positive uh, that. Again, I also want to say that uh, this is very new, the arts and culture side added to Parks and Rec, and I definitely do not feel versed in what the role will be for this. I don't think it's been told to us. And so, uh, but it seems like it's going to become another important piece of, you know, the table or the pie or whatever. Uh, But I do think something that I've seen that's been really successful is, making sure the permits and things are done for events like Juneteenth and Pride and things like that. And so being able to have a parade in the center of our city that then leads to South Park, I think those have been very successful and I think a really important part of what makes Lawrence really special. And hopefully those things can be maintained and fostered and like diving into the Indigenous community and making sure that all parts of our city and community culturally have voices and spaces to feel safe and...
5: Be active showing who they are at the front. Yeah, uh, and and what the outcome of what Amanda is doing, especially, is going to be answering those questions and recommendations on here is what we feel after the research and that we've done, how how the arts and culture pulls into parks and recreation with that. So is, is
2: there any chance that um, that you could make a contact with Columbus, Ohio. They had, they, I was there for a conference and I was absolutely blown away by the by the art that was visible downtown. And I mean, it wasn't just one corner, another corner. And it was like, they had an artist who could have this huge
6: um, huge structure that was. I think they, they were you just here? I'm sorry? Were you just here?
2: Uh was there, here. Did she say what I called?
5: She said I guess she's in Columbus. Amanda, her office is in Columbus.
6: Oh <laughs> Yes, I'm in Columbus. I thought that's why you were saying that. <laughs>
8: oh I'm
5: sorry, I can't <laughs> So I think Amanda's got all that background. I'm sure she'll bring uh, uh, into this.
2: Oh, wow, she's there <laughs> yeah. She knows
6: they have taught about <laughs> Yeah, I can help answer any questions about what's going on in Columbus. We've done a number of um, projects with the university, uh, in particular, really trying to connect them from a placemaking standpoint and artists uh, in the built environment and really, really trying to blend the lines between where the university is and the, the city. As Ohio State takes up so much uh, space um, and so much of its identity, so uh, I'd be happy to share any information that that I have on Columbus and how they're doing that.
5: Just keep the conversation going. Um, are there are there any portions of the system of, of everything that you feel that need to have more focus as we're going through this study that needs to be looked at in a more detailed manner?
3: I think just what she mentioned, I think blending that line between what the university has to offer and the facilities and the resources that the university offers and vice versa and making a more seamless connection between the two.
5: Okay.
2: I think a connection, I've said this so many times, um, I'm sorry, but um, with the health department, I mean, the, the link between... Parks and Rec and Health is so obvious, but structurally there's virtually, I mean, there's literally no connection. And, and, the, and they are so data driven. They have all kinds of data about the community mm-hmm. that that we could potentially use in terms of placement of parks or green space or whatever. So, I, and I know they'd be very willing to okay. share. Okay.
0: okay. I think there's ways that we can find out and figure out how to utilize art. Art needs to be a part of our conversation, and of every moment of everything that we're talking about. So as we move in and talk about facilities that might need updating, be it the community right here or the pools, because I know we're getting close to the outdoor pool, really needing to be identifying what its future is going to be. And let's make sure art is always spoken mm-hmm. as a piece of that also, and. You know, I hear the 2%, but why can't it be 10? I mean, you know, like, I think 2% is a limit and and, and not a a goal, you know? So let's just, you know, let's not always get stuck on a number when maybe there's a higher number we can reach. So, you know, I think about the trail and, you know, can we, let's, you know, while we're working on having native plants and things like that, always having art fun with it too. I Mm -hmm. think that would be really amazing if that could happen as we move forward.
2: Okay. Anyone else? Um, I think it would be—I don't know how this would work—but some connection with the state to be able to think more about the entrance to the city off of I-70. I mean, when you do that roundabout out there,
9: and you know, there's this.
2: Well, we need—I think it we'll would be more more pronounced.
9: Okay on all three
5: exits, or just the one close
7: to Topeka?
5: Well, any of them, but that one in particular. Anyone else? Leon, anything to
7: add? I think uh, the big thing for me is just listening between the lines about where things are um where does people stand with trails because trails are the number one amenity most agencies most cities want are people satisfied with the trail system
9: um
1: yes and no uh, um we have a lot of wonderful trails and they're not connected into a network so completing the lawrence loop i think is would be a top priority I would identify because it really runs through um, almost all the neighborhoods of the city. But the spokes of the wheel, if you want to look at it as a loop, or you know, making sure that people can get on the loop and get off at mountain biking trails or hiking trails or things like that, so that we can present it to our community and uh, and visitors as a system would be the next big step. Yeah.
2: So the image of um, spokes in the wheel, that's cool.
0: I think as we look back on the last few years in COVID, I think the importance of trails and parks and accessibility to outdoor space is mm-hmm. critical. Mm-hmm. And we should be planning ahead for that and always be thinking now with a, a COVID hat, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that really needs to be a part of it is what happens if we're stuck inside forever and then we realize our options and people need exercise. So making sure the connectivity and accessibility is there uh, for walking and for biking and, you know, how that's the trails and when it can be mm-hmm. used, whether it's concrete or dirt or, you know, in nature or not, you know, should always be thought of. Yep. Great.
1: I don't think Parks and Rec has much programming centered on trails. I could be mistaken, but I'm not aware of much. And I think that could be really developed, for example, if we can close the loop of the Lawrence Loop, we could have, it's 22 miles roughly, perfect distance for marathons, for bicycling events, for things that bring people in from outside of our community. We know that our neighbors in Emporia um, produced what became the nation's biggest gravel bike,
12: experience
1: Mm -hmm. and if they can do it you know we we can definitely do it too so being more strategic with using our trail system as a way to attract visitors and for the satisfaction of residents too
11: this is john blosick committee meeting i think that's a great point meryl my question is, is, a, is the uh, bike path and the trails, are they wide enough to take those kind of crowds from a safety standpoint is my thought.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not prepared to answer that question. I, I'm not a race director, um, but it's it's definitely a question that should be considered, but there are different types of events. And the thing about the loop is it's, almost virtually all 10 foot paved paths, which is built to transportation standards, um, which is it's pretty high level. You know, we really built it to be an excellent facility. So um, I, I think it's likely that it would work well for some of those types of events. It's certainly preferable to running everything through city streets.
9: Right. You consistency with the stuff you're running on. Yeah.
1: I think it's a great
11: question, but I'm a real slow bike rider, and I can drive off that trail real easy. And I just didn't want to make it a hazard to use, but I think it's a great question to find out.
5: Let's uh, let's keep moving. This is the one that... Uh, um, we uh, got a lot of response on. Do you feel the department is adequately funded?
0: <laughs> and I'm probably no, a no, no, on that no, one. No, not at all, but we don't, yes, we don't really get
2: involved. In yeah, that. yeah,
1: that's the hard part. We kind of do, though, John, when they start wanting to charge fees, oh, and, well, and, centers. Yeah. and then yeah. we have taken positions mm-hmm. on that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I do not think it's adequately funded. I think that the administrative staff is spread too thin. Um, And they sometimes it seems to me like they're kind of jumping from fire to fire uh, because they have to. Um, And what gets sacrificed when that happens is um, future planning, creative thinking, developing partnerships, building the system mm-hmm. um, is hard to do while you're also trying to put out fires first yeah
2: is there any place you've
5: been since they've
2: been adequately funded
5: uh <laughs> probably not <laughs>
9: i would say that i mean i agree with everybody that it's not adequately funded but i at least recently um, I've heard of a lot of people saying that it's, it is overfunded people who think that certain projects are like taking up too much money and there needs to be, you know, there's always that whenever recently the skate park's getting addition, people are like, why is this getting money when we need better sidewalks or we shouldn't get all these frivolous things. So I think well, all of us probably agree that it's underfunded, I would, there's still a good amount of people probably in our community who don't think the parks are right department needs as much money as it does now, which I don't agree with. But just to put that out there, there are people that feel that way.
5: Yeah, there's. A, we always run to that that one sector of the population that just, frankly, they don't think we should be worrying about parks and rec, or right. just get me streets and make sure my water comes in and my toilets flush and leave me alone.
3: Yeah. But specifically with this community for all of the responsibility that's put on this department. I think that's why I would say, yeah, it's there's a lot of asks of this department that expand what I would traditionally call the scope of parks and recreation.
5: And I, yeah, I think what we had a lot of a lot of discussion with that, and that came from many different members of of people we which were talking about being housed with that, and that is just it's affecting just every aspect of of the department. We hear that loud and clear, and it's something we're. We're going to try to identify and, and address because it's it's a you know it's on you know, in in the parks and the community centers it's taking staff that maybe aren't trained in dealing with those things away from the jobs they are trained in and how we how we deal with that so it's something that has come up i think in every almost every conversation we've had
2: Yeah, you know one one example would be uh the cemetery maintenance i mean we have we have a group of people here who, you know, friends of the Oak Hill Cemetery and others, where there are historic uh, historic sites, and um, maintenance of those facilities or areas is a responsibility of Parks and Rec, but we don't have the kind of money that would really enable us to maintain those areas to the standard that historic, um, you know,
0: cemeteries, Mm -hmm. there are standards. I totally agree with Marilyn. And I just think in the five years I've been on the board, just the jobs that everyone has had to take on with Parks and Rec is just unbelievable. I mean, in terms of one day you're this, now your job is this. Now your job is this. Can you cover this? Can you cover this? And in the meantime, you know, we so we do have an unhoused population that Parks and Rec try to take on. We're working on that. You know, we, you know, we had our prairie that, because we didn't have the right staff and the right training, get damaged severely. You know, luckily we were able to have our pools this summer, but, you know, because pools take so many people to staff, you have to pay people to get them to work. You know, I, I think there's so many gaps and blind spots in Parks and Rec because people have been spread so thin, or as he said, we're trying to find a fire here, here, and here to work on it. And, you know, again, I do agree some people, the public might think it should be roads and only, but it's also important to see the intersection of groups in our community. So if the skating community wants to work really hard to help find the money and the funding to improve what they like about Lawrence and make it even better, why not? Or the kickball community, we want to raise money to have a scoreboard in our park because we love this park we play at. We work with our city to make that happen. so I think... You know, finding more intersectionality between groups that really appreciate Parks and Rec and would do some of the legwork to help Parks and Rec out, while they are very, I think, thin-staffed and and trying to just to cover where they can cover, uh, you know, is really important. Here's I'd like
11: all. to second, I'd like to second that as John Blazek. I'm just uh, coming to the end of my sixth year on this committee. I am absolutely floored just what was said, and I can't see who's talking, but. I have been amazed in my six years when something new comes on. I'm just floored from the city, the Christmas lights to the cemetery. Um, I just was, I felt sorry for Derek when they threw the uh, homeless camp on him where it became his deal. Every time they turn around, and I guarantee you, I bet you city employees that work in that Taj Mahal down by the river don't get everything thrown on them like this wreck does. They They just are always thrown on so and I've watched it for six years and I'm amazed with them becoming a dumping grounds on new stuff it seems like and they're not it's not fair to them
1: and kind of related to that our board historically has been interested in staff um, seeking more sponsorships Mm -hmm. but the problem that always comes back to us is there's not enough staff time, and we don't have the qualified people to go out and seek the more lucrative big sponsorships that would help of, help offset some of the costs and allow us to do some special things. So um, we can't keep saying we want more sponsors unless we we dedicate some resources to that.
5: Yeah that's a relationship you have to build this is Mark Parks and Rack. I like to have this group's thoughts
10: and I think you guys are kind of tapping around some things, but where do you feel like we're maybe short of facilities? In other words, is the youth sports complex of high enough quality for what we want to do? Do we have enough pools? Do we have enough rec centers? Do we have enough dog parks? Where where do you think we're short of things that maybe we ought to think about? Do we have enough golf? That place is busy. And that's an unpopular sentiment, but doggone, that thing is packed. You can't get on it. So I would be interested because you got to work with us so much and you have a pretty good insight to what people are saying. We have enough gym space. We didn't used to build a big facility. Did that really serve the need or is it still a problem? Do you have thoughts on that kind of stuff?
9: I think maybe just uh i feel like i mean you can always have more but i think something that's more beneficial is improving upon the stuff that's already there like uh i grew up in like the south of town like Lower, or holcomb area and holcomb was really great when i was a kid and now it, it seems like not much has changed there and there's so much space out there too to like do different things um, and i feel like we have enough or you know we could have more, but you know it seems like we have at least an adequate amount of facilities. But I think just like continually investing in the stuff that we have so that it can evolve and become better. Um, because I feel like most like of our rec centers and places are placed in spots that are central to like a you know northeast, south, and west communities. But some of them just aren't quite uh, up to par anymore and they they could be better uh instead of trying to figure out a new thing that we build i guess rather invest in the things that we have now
2: i think one thing when i when i go to another uh city of any size i always like to go see the arboretum it Just i i like to garden so i like to see the arboretum and ours well. I have a tree dedicated to my wife out there, so I'm not, you know, trying to trying to denigrate it. But it's it's not the same kind of arboretum that, you know, you even Topeka, you know, and I think that would
0: be really nice. I think uh, pickleball is probably something we should talk about <laughs> <laughs> just because they're here all the time. And I think that's, you know, okay pickleball. You into yeah. So I, but I, I do think it's, you know, some of my friends are not playing pickleball. So I'm like, okay, it's, it's hitting all kinds of people. So yeah. I think pickleball is important. I think competitive swimming, I, you know, I love to do it. I think we need to find a way to have competitive swimming, but also have, a gigantic space for kids and people to play mm-hmm. and they're kind of connected in our pool here and so I would love to see again working in the space we have could we can we figure out how to have competitive swimming and have places for people to enjoy summer and to allow those who can't afford swimming to be able to have the places to stay cool and enjoy their summers as things are getting hotter I think that's really important um do we have enough basketball courts? I'm not, I'm not sure if we do, you know, I think we're a basketball community and that's probably one that can always be added on to. But those would be the ones I think could, could use some uplifting. Well, the good thing about
5: this is as part of our process is we are going to develop a document that shows compared to national standards where the holes are and we'll be able able to identify, you know, do you need more trails or are you well trailed? Um, and just the amount of community centers square footage of of recreational water all of those all of those things
3: well then I'll type in with my little tart corner which is while our mat runs are awesome they're very rugged and Savage and I feel like a less like less big more confined for a certain type of dog that's not run free. <laughs> So that's a gap I would say that I've seen.
0: I see. Try to throw
3: that up you can see. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: that's like a golden tree. tree. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say slash pads then too. You know, if we can't we can't find a solution, you know, and sticking with water, I would even say kayaking. I know we've had some people come and talk about from the ball and whatnot, and there's a partnership there I think that Parks and Rec could build off of yeah. to really add kayaking into our trails and things yeah. like that for again. Orange. With the COVID add-on, you know, more things people can do outside safely. Yeah, we had
8: we received a proposal to. know, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm not sure. That, that's a while back. Yeah, so there are a lot of people in town who are willing to put a lot of work into their own sport or their own life mm-hmm. or, you know, that we could capitalize on more. Maybe that takes more staff. I don't know.
5: Leon, Amanda. Anything else? So you've got other genitals, right? No, I'm good. Are you, <laughs> you are the.
8: Me too. Is Leon in Columbus as well?
7: <laughs> no, well, Leon is out of Indianapolis. I'm not sure where he is because he is on <the> boat. <laughs> I'm in uh, Ludington, Michigan. <laughs> Hence the beach shirt, huh? <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> um I guess the final question would be what are the Let's talk about key outcomes that you would like out of this study. What would you what would you think would spell success through this master plan process?
1: I would love to see some kind of a prioritized list of. Enhancements, improvements, whatever needs to be done, the last master plan the thing that I struggled with was there was there were so many rec- recommendations, and they weren't, as I recall, I could be wrong, they weren't prioritized. And so it was like, okay, in facilities we should do these 25 things, and a program we should do these 25 things, the administration need 25 things, and it was sort of overwhelming. And it's very difficult to determine a strategic direction when you have I don't know, 100 goals. Mm So um, I would like to see some big picture focus um, because all these things are important. But what are the most important things that are going to make the biggest difference for either the most people or people who are underserved? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And along those lines, I think it would be helpful. And I don't know if something like this already exists, but a framework or a process that we can run things when we have people come with requests or ideas that you kind of go, well, does it do this? Well, does it do this? Well, you know, just to make that decision process easier instead of just,
0: yeah, that sounds awesome, you know, a little more structure. I think the lens of accessibility equity, inclusion, diversity, always to make sure that we have that lens in front of us as we make decisions and as we try to determine what is the most important and most beneficial to even the underserved or the most, and absolutely have that in the forefront.
9: I mean, it's, it sounds like what you said about, like, you know, doing this data and finding out like where Lawrence falls short in uh, respect to, like, other similar communities, you know, if we're lacking in pickleball courts or basketball or whatever. Um, you know, like, we all have our own biases. Like, I just love a giant skate park, but we don't always need that. So it's like, if it, it, the data doesn't lie. So if we see exactly where we're falling short and what things, then I think that kind of falls into the priority and then making sure it's accessible to see, like, what we need to kind of be, not just on par
0: with other communities, but to exceed that.
9: Mm-hmm.
0: I think to add into that, data let's really push parks and rec to start working to get the data that we need whether it's the key cards and all the different things that we've been talking about before covid you know that we want to work on is if we can have data internally in our community that's going to help us and it's going to be i would love someone in columbus ohio to be john and go we should look to lawrence kansas i would love to have other communities say let's look to lawrence kansas because we have the data to back it up
5: What else?
1: Uh, um, I don't know how you do this, but um, I would love this document to um, point out like all the benefits of Parks and Rec to the city as a whole, because whenever we get to talking about budget, it seems like we're being asked to cut but nobody is considering what economic development dollars we're bringing in.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Leon and, and his group are going to do. They're actually having, I think you got the meeting scheduled for next week. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. Leon will be talking with all. Go ahead, Leon. Just talk about what you're going to be doing with the, with the assessment of the
7: programs. Basically, we're going to go through every um, key core program area. Uh, we have a, a, a workbook that we use to assess questions that their approach to programming, um, who's being served, uh, you know, number of classes, a lot of information about uh, key uh, performance indicators, uh, their approach to, to pricing, their approach to what other similar providers are providing, how much of the market they control. Um, the big component is staffing, whether it's full-time, part-time, seasonal, What's missing in terms of their ability? Do they have the right spaces to provide the programs in? Um, And really addressing just the overall approach so we can write a program plan that matches to the facilities they do have and what programs uh, they could offer uh, with the right uh, facilities or amenities available uh, so that they can activate the spaces they do have. And so it's just really an assessment from top to bottom on how programs are developed and delivered.
1: Just want to make sure there's a really good executive summary that the city will read (laughs) and um, (laughs) the upper city management, and that there will be some clear messages there um, because realistically, few or none of them are going to read a hundred page document. So whatever it is that we really land on as being the most important priorities, and message, Um, we have to consider them an audience, one of the audiences for this plan. Mm -hmm. Good point. Anything else?
5: This has been helpful okay appreciate the time what's next for you guys um i think well um i think uh, we're looking at we're zeroing in i think on october the 25th it's looking like for the first public meeting we're talking um uh, we'll probably, probably get that solidified by the end of the week as to the location amanda will be in um and as will leon amanda's i think is actually bringing backup with her also um with yeah. that so We'll have in that, it's not going to be a presentation, just a single presentation in front of the masses. What we'll do is we'll have at, at least three different areas. So if you're interested in arts and culture, Amanda and her group will be over there and she'll, you know, we'll have some boards and things to talk about. Same thing on on programming and, and issues with Leon and then we'll be there uh, with our staff talking about uh, trails and parks and just having enough information that we can answer questions with that and then get everybody's input and we'll have some dot polling, um, with those as far as, you know, what other, what other facilities would you like to see in parks or what other programs would you like? This is just a, uh, very interactive with that. So hopefully we'll get a good turnout, um, from the community on that. It's probably hitting at a good times so from getting there before everybody starts worrying about, you know, uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving and everything. So, and that's, so I think that's going to yeah. uh,
2: Where does ETC fit into this, into this
5: process? We've got, um, we were working on the questions for them. I think I mentioned that earlier. And that is, once we get those approved, that's typically about a uh, two and a half month process from the time they send the first mailing out to the time that, you know, because then if so we don't get enough of the mailings back, then they'll reach out. I guess I assume some of you have participated before just with ETC. So they'll have to reach out individually to get those numbers. So okay. that's, a, you know, that's another layer of information that really is going to help Amanda and Leon um, out with, with uh, the expectations and what, what uh, the citizens are, are saying.
2: So ETC does, Resident surveys. Okay. AKC, <clears throat> AKC,
8: ETC. ETC, ETC. I'm I'm moving yeah. the area. <laughs> I don't think yeah. uh, it even stands. Yeah. they will do the citywide paper. survey then. It's going to be scientific.
2: Okay. I mean that's the thing. And it'll,
8: and it'll be a mailer.
2: I do not know exactly. I remember that. ETC. It's
5: our Elaine Tatum Consulting. Okay. Right. She started. No, she's back away.
12: Yeah.
1: Chip, is there an alternative, on uh, digital way for the public to provide input because any day you pick for a meeting, there are going to be a lot of people. We are, we're,
5: we're working on it. We're working on a, uh, uh, a software package that we'll have, which we don't want to roll out till after that meeting. So if you weren't able to make it to the meeting, you can get on there. You can say, hey, I think there needs to it can be as simple as I think there needs to be a connection, trail connection from this point to this point, or, you know. We'll, we'll get stuff. The swings in this part are awful; they need to be replaced. Great. So, great. It's a great, a great tool, and uh, um, we can open it up so people can make it. So, if you comment on something, and somebody else could comment on that, and just build on us, it's a, a nice tool because not everybody can make those meetings. Frankly, not everybody's likes to come to a meeting like that.
2: Are there, are there other cities uh, that have, like, tried to combine? Parks and Rec and the arts and culture, Um, and, like,
5: there's a single advisory board that oversees that. I mean, I'm not aware. Amanda, do you have any input on that? Any thoughts on that?
6: So we've had a number of clients where a public art program was nestled within the Parks and Recreation Department. We also um, have had a number of clients where there are subcommittees of a larger advisory board that focus on a specific topic. However, um, it is not common, but it is becoming more common that this is happening, uh, primarily because governments are starting to streamline their, uh, their boards and commissions. And As communities grapple with not being able to find diverse sets of volunteers to participate in boards and commissions, they're finding that they need to utilize the ones that are doing really well, um, which is also why they're beginning to combine these uh, topics. Maybe some
12: information about
2: that could be useful for for us.
5: I know a good example is just some local communities, Overland Park um, has their Arts program under the umbrella of Parks and Recreation that they've got a a specific person that is is responsible for that oh uh, okay.
8: so so just to recap there's a city there's a public meeting on the sometime in October and then a citywide
5: survey follows that no, the we're going to get the citywide survey out as soon as we can get the questions um, with that because that's kind of the we can't start even looking at initial recommendations until we get that information back and it just takes a while to do that. But then um, once once we have the first public input meeting, then the next day we'll open up the uh, uh, the online tool for for hey, if you didn't get to uh, get to do this um, starting on this date, that'll be up and we can keep that up for. You know, probably 60 days. Um, maybe we have like less. QR codes at all of our facilities for people to be able absolutely. To do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes yeah, so we'll have that. That'll go out on the on the city's website a QR code that gets you right to it. And it's very, very phone friendly yeah. participating.
0: With it going so it'll be out in the mail and then through that way. Are we going to be doing any work where we stop at social service programs or places to make sure we have the voices of the unhoused or people that maybe won't be able to through mail or through internet yeah they um what etc was saying
5: that the, they did that i think on the prior was it last last input the, the last one they asked the, the sampling. an wow yeah number to sample too and they're going to talk about oversampling, but they just um they felt that it, it being a parking rec study it was a little hard to do that specifically but they're going to try to make some some recommendations um, for that
2: okay well, well thank you very much for uh, taking the time to
5: uh to be with us oh, absolutely. i'm glad we got uh, got the input from yeah. those who weren't able to make it last
4: time yes yeah. so okay. a couple questions so we we'll get the survey out first we we'll get that information back you'll do a set of public meetings maybe towards the end of october yeah. and then you'll have an online piece and we're looking at three of these meeting sets for the public, correct? The we'll course. have what we'll
5: have is um the first meeting will be in October. I think at that point we'll probably be looking, I would think probably towards the latter part of January, very early February, for the meeting where we actually have here's what we heard and here's kind of some of the things that are starting to come to the surface to allow people. So if you know if we say, hey, you need another 20 miles of trails or you need three more community centers and just allow people to, to give us their input um, on that. And then we take that additional information and then the final public meeting would be the presentation of the final recommendations um, to the city council. I'm sure we can come to this group prior to that and just kind of give a give a running update on that, but that's the, you know, the, the could, public. Input. Could,
2: could we get like a sequence of uh, events uh, uh, schedule
5: yeah, which we've given, which, that's what we're working on, because okay. one, now that we have, once we have the questions and then we can start filling in all of the other items, and we'll be able to give Kent
4: and Derek, here's the, here's the calendar okay. of what we're looking for. Okay. So you've met with some of the stakeholder groups, some of the, the major ones, but I mean the, the pickballers, the people that uh, love golf or basketball or volleyball, soccer, the, this first public meetings where they had to come out and get engaged mm-hmm. on the recs programming, the yes, stories, yes, or I love parks and trails and biking, and, and you know, and our, and- yeah, time
5: and time again, we'll get, um, you know, if you've got, I, I remember years ago, uh, with this uh, the city of Lee Summit, um, they had a very, very involved girls' softball group that really wanted to see something happen, and I bet they brought probably 75 girls <laughs> in their uniforms oh okay so that was just you know that made some of the, the city council people who were there to observe were just kind of like wow that's a constituency right there
1: I mean, yeah. we could get golfers coming there shorts. Yeah? yeah yep some of that happened before the sports pavilion was built because I know my daughters went to a city commission meeting in their letter jackets Mm-hmm. And said, okay, we're a product of Lawrence and now we're playing at the college level and this is what we did didn't have.
0: So there's precedent yeah. for that here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so quick question. How does, with Derek leaving us, how does the new head of Parks and record interim, like how does that all fall into this whole system and how does that person get, it? you know, involved within this process or... Um, does that affect things with our city and and with our chairs, our heads stepping down or or how does that get affected?
4: Can I I'm saying that what your perspective is on this? I I was hoping we get a seamless tag team, but
5: (laughs) (laughs) we, um, what, uh, what the city manager's office has tasked us with is knowing that, you know, Derek is, is retiring at the end of the year. That it's not, the plan won't be finished. They'll be coming in, but they want to be able to have this plan and hand it to, you know, the new parks director saying, (laughs) This is the direction we're going, not as you know, someone coming in and just turning the whole thing upside down. And that's what that's what we're hearing from the city manager's office uh, when that was brought up. Thank you.
8: And I assume that'll be part of the interview process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
4: would think so. Yeah. <laughs>
8: yeah.
2: Okay, let's wrap this item up. And uh,
5: Thank, uh, thank our guests very much. Uh, thank, uh, thank
2: you.
5: Thanks Amanda and uh, Leon for jumping on with us. Yeah. Yes. Thank um, you,
6: so nice to see you.
8: all of you. Looks like JT has a hand
4: up. Question oh, from the public.
8: Oh. Oh. Thank
4: you. you.
12: You can hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay, um, this, this may not be the right place for me to comment, but um, John Blazik spoke for me earlier And I want want to throw this in. I've been following this body in the the department for some time, increasingly closely. And it's distressed me over time how much is voiced upon the department. COVID was unprecedented and a tragedy for many people. The homeless crisis is is a tragedy in itself. Um, I think I started following closely when... uh, Was it Dwayne Ice? One of your longs?
4: Lee Ice, ice, maybe. I'm
12: sure you're talking about. The point is, you had senior staff and turnover, um, and, and and at a time when labor is hard to find, I think one of you filled. She's not there. She filled in to be a lifeguard because the. Labor shortage. <laughs> so, um, what I want to say, and this is a little painful, but um, what happened at Prairie Park was a was a tragedy, but it was a simple error, and it was painful to listen to the criticism that the department the department had to take over that. Sorry.
4: thank you jt
2: okay thank you um let's see we're ready to move on to concerns of board members items of interest
3: um i am just curious and i probably should have read the paper and know this but is is there talks or plans about what's going to happen with robinson park now and will that say under the county or is that?
4: Uh, Um, the, uh, if you went to the event, you probably heard the the mayor say it's a city maintained park belongs to the county. And it's always been kind of a unique relationship. Um, my long-term goal, we started talking about it back in 18 or 19 was trying to clean up some of the county parks and properties and bring them into the city along with some KDOT properties. So that's still behind the scenes and moving. Um, what was your other question about Robinson?
3: Oh, just if there was a
4: plan and an update, basically. Um, And if you were at the uh, event too, you may have got some of the literature over there. And um, the group had also proposed um, what we you envision, uh, a name for the park, which would be in the center of the park as an amenity. Um, But other than that, I haven't heard anything recently. The park will be fenced in till, I believe, about January. There's some water lines, utilities that they're working on, and that's why the fence is up. Mm-hmm. I did see they got the concrete base out. I would love to go out there and see how deep that was, <laughs> just kind of I mean, see that concrete block that was supporting uh, the rock. Um, I think there'll be more to come. We start working on naming prop policy, and we got it back from legal this year, but that had gone before the board. So we're still waiting on that. Of course, um, I think we'll take the lead from the city commission or, you know, if they have a priority and this is their priority, then we'll run with it. Um, otherwise, I think the process would go like we thought we'd go through the advisory board and be a city commission for naming a parks, things like that.
3: Is the county interested in keeping it?
4: I don't think so i know the county would love to give us more stuff to maintain
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we
4: were out to you know wells overlook you know there's been talked hey you guys like to pick this over or, or uh douglas county lake helps out because we look at ourselves and go we need more resources i look at the county and go i don't know how you maintain what you maintain you know there's uh prior to um labor day uh some issues on the uh lawrence loop on the south side of of the uh, SLT between Baker wetlands, some cracks and things. Um, And I think they've probably only got about four or five people that are trying to solve problems for the whole county and trying to get out there at the last minute on a Friday to fix a a hazard on the loop. So I I think there's things in the works Mm -hmm. that uh, hopefully will come to fruition early next year.
8: Are there other county-owned parks? I didn't know that was...
4: (laughs) Broken Arrow is divided into three parks. Okay. Uh, when that was donated to the city from basketball uh, Forward from uh, federal government, um, a third of it was given to the school district, a third was given to the city of Lawrence, and a third was given to the county. Um, we had talked about trying to bring in the uh, county piece of that um, some years ago. And then, um, you know, could we do a BMX track down there? It's where the high school does uh the volleyball games, uh, at the end of the school years so I think there's a lot of opportunity down there um that's one um I think there's any others and it goes back to working with planning development services trying to clean up the city boundary lines where um it's just kind of odd the way property is some of the KDOT stuff I believe we we spray or manage and KDOT, some of the stuff they're like, please take it and it makes sense because it's adjacent to a park and other places they're going, no, we need to save this one particular spot. Um, but for the most part, I think the county is pretty amenable to, it, it's what happens as cities grow. They bring on more uh, park parkland and appropriates into the city.
1: Without... The current Robinson getting more easier access. I don't see how a lot could be invested in there. Yeah. It's so for me, dangerous to yeah. get to it.
4: True. And for me, Robinson Park is a gateway. It's a gateway to the North Lawrence, it's a gateway to the downtown. Something visual in there yes. makes a lot of sense, okay. but not to go there. Agree. Yeah. But not swings and yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, absolutely. And I yeah. think that is, yeah. you know, is it something to do with water? Does it something to do with lights? Is it something to do with an object? I think that is what people are gonna ride by and they're gonna recognize that and go, yeah. oh, yeah. Or, yeah, something like up. we have out at the police station. Yeah, and it could be yeah, art of some kind. There's, there's all kinds of possibilities.
2: Okay. Um, what other question? Comment from the board?
9: Uh, yeah. Um, we got that addition built at Edgewood about a month ago in the northeast corner, and it's great. Every, everybody likes it. And it worked out really well. We're just wondering when we can get like some topsoil and like grass seed
10: kind of Above it, kind of the loose extra concrete that's over there. Yeah, I think we'd probably do that this fall. Sweet. Up till now, dumb grass is growing in Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> <laughs> Kill
9: yeah. that grass.
10: <laughs> that wouldn't be those grazes on your over.
9: No, this is from baseball, actually. <laughs> 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 I got, got ran down. So.
10: <laughs> <laughs> safe or not? Well, no. Not.
11: Not. <laughs> <laughs> John. John John Blazek, I have a couple of questions that are pretty quick. Hey Mark, um, when we when I started on your committee on the committee a while back, you always would give us monthly printouts of your line items. That was really informative, and I know you haven't done that for a while. Could you start back up with that so the committee could have a little better feel of where you are on a budget? And You're
10: talking the operating budget. Pardon are me. You about the, are you talking about the operating budget or the?
11: Yeah, I think that's what it was.
10: Okay. I think Did it was recall? very formative. Yeah, I recall doing the capital improvement project thing, which we haven't done for a long time. But well, we can—I mean, everything's open book, so we can sure do a budget report occasionally just to show you where we're at.
11: I think it's just good transparency. The other quick question I have, and I and and I don't know who to ask this to. But these are questions from community members. I know we charge for baseball, softball, basketball, soccer, etc. cetera. Do we charge for pickleball? Because You're I've right. had community members say, I got to pay for basketball, but they don't have to pay for pickleball. And the community members that are listening, I know are paying attention to that question. Does anybody know if they charge for pickleball out at Rock Chalk Park?
10: Uh, Mark Hecker. So basically it goes into the free play time of the facility being open. So you could walk in, play basketball, volleyball, pickleball. So there aren't scheduled fees for those drop-in times. There are fees for when we do tournaments or programming, which we're getting into more of a programming with pickleball and tournaments. So, yeah, the the walk-in, drop-in, is they aren't paying for play like just as if you came in and played basketball mm-hmm. so okay okay yeah.
1: that clarifies it but to reserve a court you have to pay
10: right that'd be just okay. like if you're doing a volleyball practice you could reserve a court and have it reserved for you
8: and the outdoor courts are just open right mm-hmm.
10: yeah yeah okay. so lions, lion's park's really popular there's a whole group that plays over there multiple times a week and then the sports pavilion courts are open too
11: okay and then I have just two other, and these are from employees that came to me, and I won't give names out, and they're not even part of the Parks and Rec, but here's a question. Well, one of them is, I've had employees that are in the Parks and Rec that have offered to sell their own concessions to try to help make money, and I and I don't know if Lindsay's there tonight or not. I don't think she is. Why did she go ahead and sign a three-year contract like that without input from employees when they've been asking to do their own concessions? anybody can anybody answer that for? Because these people have come to me because they know I've kind of hammered on that for a while.
13: Uh, this is Kent Redding Recreation Operations Manager. John, are you referring to out at uh, SBL? I'm not going to tell you who came to me because I don't want to help. I'm not asking for the individual. When you're talking concessions, we have different agreements at different locations.
11: Well, you're, um, where, where does Sandbar go?
13: uh, Currently they are at SPL. Uh, so we did sign an agreement with them. We put an RFP out earlier this year to try to get individuals come in to do concessions. Sandbar was the only one to bid on it. So we, we, needed to provide a service. So we we accepted their bid on that. And we do have a different group that did the outdoor pool this summer.
11: But uh, did you not give Rock Chalk Park people a chance to do their own so they could help off? They, they can't make a penny, I guess, for about 10 hours in a work day.
13: Well, why nobody, couldn't they have
11: they, their choice, their chance?
13: Nobody put a bid on it, John. It, it was out there to the public for anybody who wanted to. No, I'm not talking about
11: the store. I, I'm. Why didn't we do it in-house?
13: Well, we currently don't have a concession staff to do that. It would require probably hiring somebody year-round, uh, which would obviously would require an additional FTE, which we don't have in our budget.
11: Can't I'm going to disagree because I watched the golf course do it within them, and they hire part-time students, mm-hmm. and that's not what I've been told. So I don't think that's right because I, they've got plenty of help to do that, and they would have liked to do it and then all of a sudden a three-year contract is signed. So I think that needed to be opened up in the public. I don't think you're right, Kent. And the other one I have from city employees, and I don't know who to ask if it's Derek or what, I've had some city employees come to me and I don't know the director or if they're called directors or managers, I don't know. But when money is moved out of their line items and they go and ask about it, they are told they cannot ask those questions. Is there not better transparency than that on money and line items between people that run their line items? I just know in a school and pre- principal, if I John, took
2: money, I let people know. This is John Melvendi. Okay, you you basically asking questions that have to do with the relationships within within the administrative apparatus. You're talking about relationships between employees and human resources. If they don't feel, if they feel they don't have access, you're talking about the possibility of ombudsman. Um, those are all administrative administrative uh, concerns. I don't really think their concerns. they cons- they're appropriate concerns of the advisory board. Considering that we are supposed to advise the city commission, we are not an operational board. We are a policy board. That's our. That's our. Point. Yeah, and I respect you. That's that's a
11: good point, John. Thank you for bringing up. Where can I go ask for these people? Because they're afraid to ask, and that's the last thing you want. That's a, that's a good answer, John. I totally respect you for it. Thank you for that. But can you direct me somewhere where I can ask? Questions for people so they're not afraid to lose jobs. I don't, don't know
4: what the administrative, have, uh, I, mean, you I, I appreciate the input. We can look into that. I don't know if you're talking parks board or, or the, no. side of the house or the rec side of the house. So,
1: you know, I, I think it's um, kind of inappropriate for us to be talking to staff and hearing what their various gripes are, frankly. I mean, um, Like John Nelbandian said, that that is not really our business, and when I've been approached by a couple staff members a while ago who wanted to fill my ear and get me to change, I, I just had to say, I can't help you. This is not what our board deals with. If you are unhappy with someone, you can talk to their supervisor. And left it at that. And I this I don't think this meeting is a forum for us to be repeating what anonymous staff members have said.
11: Okay, I'll take it to city council because I do listen to them because I'm an advisory board of something. So that's all right. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay, thank you, Jen. Um, let's see. Let's
8: move on. Oh, any other important interests board members in Well, I do kind of want to follow up on what he said about the sandbar. So did we sign a three-year contract with them? So are they still paying us or I get uh, is there any way we can get out of that and try and get someone else? I know no one else bid on it, but.
13: They did. We did sign a three-year agreement with them. There's always legal access within the agreements if one side or the other wants to get out of an agreement.
1: Mm
8: So we're making no money from that space right now. No, that's not correct. No, you, they're you, paying you, us some. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so they're the ones who are losing money. <laughs> but how would we know that? <laughs> right okay, let's, let's, but no one's finding a snack when they go out there. No, <laughs> it's their service. Huh? Okay. Let's and let's, the, let's uh, just mm-hmm. hold it right there. Yeah. Okay,
2: and let's. It's self serve. Let's move on. So we have other items. We have various reports from the staff. I'm not sure who's here, who's not here.
4: I'll catch uh, Porter's Rogers, Director of Park Recreation. Uh, Porter sent his report. Cultural Arts Commission's meeting uh, this Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m. They've been working closely uh, with Confluence and Amanda Golden that you heard earlier um, with Community Outreach for Arts and Culture the Comp Plan um and she but you heard in her update she's been also engaging with uh, various unmistakable identity uh, partners in the community and uh, getting uh, input and feedback and their thoughts (laughs) on september 19th at the city commission uh porter will be covering arts culture Culture and Tourism, and he'll be providing information about music conferences and Lawrence music ecosystem with Nick Carswell, Lawrence Music Alliance, and he'll be sharing information about his recent MixMag Master 2023 conference. I believe, uh, explore Lawrence will also be there with, uh, Kim Ansbach, and this is a, a coordination that Porter's been working with, uh, Rick and Kano, um, our Prosperity and Economic Development meant person which kind of goes along with what we were talking earlier about what are the indirect benefits to a community um, that we really haven't heard about in the last three years it's been a while and so i think those are important things that need to be brought up because it's really easy to look at the direct but sometimes i think we need to focus on the indirect and that's all i have for arts and culture
10: okay parks report we have a lot of stuff going on. Um, Broken Arrow Shelter was finished last Friday. They didn't get that. So we're very, very close, probably within two days. So if you haven't been by there, they've got most of the glass yeah. up. And we'll switch that. As soon as we can get it going, we'll, we'll get tables back in there and get it back open. And um, there's more phases for that project. So we're still going to replace the park restroom That didn't get done yet. We need to get uh, sewer and water connected over to the new shelter. Then we can put a bathroom inside the shelter. Then we can put heat and air conditioning inside the shelter. So this was the basically get the outside shell done. We'll probably put a new roof on it. But it's looking pretty darn cool. And we redid the whole concrete slab so it actually drains the right direction down to, to the back of the shelter. So that's cool um over prairie park we've worked with native lands they've done four different volunteer days where they're going out cutting sumac and they've made a pretty good dent they aren't even close to done so uh, but they've had good participation and they've been cutting sumac out and then they go in and dab the herbicide on the stems to try to keep them from regenerating so we'll continue to work with them we may do another couple of volunteer days so that's going to be good news um, Lions Park, the splash pad's going great up till today. It's been busy every day. So that's good. If you go over there now, we're starting to do the playground out front. So you'll see the, the outline of the playground. It'll go in this fall. We have it in, in stock. It's just a matter of we're waiting to get the splash pad done first. Stonegate Park, we have a big playground going out there. It'll probably finish in the next month.
2: What park is it?
10: Stonegate, which is to the west of old. Street, yeah, across the grass, it's out past Peterson
4: Castle. that you're heading north, yeah, you go out to maybe the second roundabout. There's a, oh. a troop shop there, I believe, and it's back up there. So they don't have a lot of parks, park space, but that is kind of yeah, but
3: like on the way to Farmer's Turnpike, yes, it's mean? on your
10: way out for okay. the before you get to farmer's second, okay. second roundabout. Go west, uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> okay. through the neighborhood, <laughs>
10: yeah. Um, we're working, we have a design consultant, uh, on board for the Lawrence Loop segment, 7th Street to Constance, which is the hardest part of the whole loop. So how do we get past City Hall, around City Hall, under City Hall? Robinson Park is a part of that, the, the little loop. Um, that team has started working. They'll be doing public engagement to talk to folks. So basically it's the group that, that has been kind of dreaming this for a while. They're now on, on staff with Marlin West. So, we'll be getting that process going public engagement prior next month or two. So, that'll be kind of fun. And uh, the other loop section from uh, Michigan to Sanders Shaw Park, we have it preliminary design, and we're at basically at the property acquisition stage, and we're getting these. So, that's legal back and forth on how we want to do it, where we want to do it. So, that's moving along. So, a lot of the loop sections are still moving in process. So of them aren't getting built. For um, oh, the other one, which is we had a I meeting today, this is with KDOT. So, I'm on the design team for the expansion of KDOT from Highway 59 all the way up to the turnpike, so that it goes four lanes, mostly because it intersects a lot of our parks, so it goes past YSC. We have roundabouts. It will talk about the city entrance down in Iowa. Um, they have a pedestrian bridge built or designed there that will go over Iowa, which is really cool. That's the first time i have seen them. So I think that has a cool potential for a gateway entrance oh, kind of yeah. thing. That's a, it's a pretty in, interesting structure. So that, that'll be fun. When we're talking city entrances, I think that'll be one yes. of those. Have an opportunity as KDOT builds this with us, that we can dress it up and light it up and do whatever yes. we want to with it. So yes. The other opportunities will be out by the sports, sports Complex, where we'll have a pretty major intersections there. A lot of land will be acquired between the highway and us that we may be able to do something with. So that's kind of a fun future next three or four or five years. So uh, that's it for now.
2: Okay. Great. Um, let's see. Recreation report.
13: Well, Lindsay um, out of town. You have a list or you got yeah, it. Know, you a yeah. So we we did this. Report like we always do. Uh, a couple things I'll highlight on it, not on this, but we have a pickleball tournament this weekend out of North Lawrence. Uh, Thirty-five teams have signed up, so we we are doing more programming. I know we're offering some new leagues and some new uh, instructional classes out in SPL as well for pickleball. So those things are coming and growing. This week also kicked off all our fall programming. So community building, the uh, parking lot was full this morning. In fact, I couldn't even park there. (laughs) I have (laughs) an office there. So that's a good sign that we have a lot of people sign up. Our participation numbers are up and everything is going well. So, do you have any questions with that?
1: I just really appreciate those reports. I don't know exactly. Do you do them? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I really appreciate it, and the photos are great to
13: see too. So thank you. Well, I I just do the layout, so I won't take credit for that. Staff does a good job of sharing what they do and take photos, and so they submit it to me, and I put it together. And yes, it, and they're getting more and more active with it. As you've seen in the last several months, <laughs> it's been more than a four, five, six
2: page report. Uh, because they're they're getting in the habit of taking pictures. Pictures are worth a thousand words. Well, I noticed too that uh, the website to sign up and just get to know you know what's going on in terms of the programming and stuff mm-hmm. is really. It's like you're constantly trying to improve the. Uh, the 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 users' yes,
13: experience. They are looking at uh, having quite a few improvements on the on the web tracker registration by the end of the year. Right. We're making more user friendly for people and provide additional information.
4: Yeah, that'd be great.
2: Yeah. Okay, Derek.
4: Okay, um, busy month, and it's going to be busier going into the month and into mid October. Um, went to the Broken Arrow Park Car Show this weekend on Saturday. Act event um, people clear down parked um, to the south along the loop as you go around and then parking on the uh, Waaro fire department area and so neat survey out there. Um, big things coming up. We've got art in the park coming up September 16th around right. the corner. We have um, the 30th is going to be a busy weekend and there's so many things going on at the end of that it's amazing. Um, we've got September 30th Great Plains Music Festival, Tom Filer out at Sesquitennial Point. It's got uh, event going out there. we got the Sons of the Union Veterans of the Civil War headstone dedication in Oak Hill Cemetery. Uh, there will be multiple musket shots and cannon shots. And uh-huh. so they will pull horses through there. Big event. Um, parking, I think, is going to be a premium. Very cool. The uh, individual was a soldier that had served, I think, in 1863, passed away in 1910, didn't have a headstone, and this group was able to find a relative to get the VA to give them a headstone. We also have the Rev Up car show that weekend at South Park. Um, and then on October 1st, so this is crossing over to what I, I did want to mention, the um, uh, Robbie Steinhardt Foundation um, was able to get... Robby Steinhardt inducted the Lawrence High School Hall (laughs) of Fame, so that's 2 p.m. on October 1st, Sunday at LHS, and on October 3rd at the City Commission, uh, they're working on a proclamation to the City for Robbie Steinhardt, and they're giving, uh, presenting gifts. It's uh, a violin um, to the City. Um, So I have a feeling this will go, be under the purview of Parks and Recreation, and then, what my vision would be is we would do it kind of like the State Historical Society. We would loan this out to organizations where it be Watkins Museum or Theater Lawrence. We want things like this to be seen. So, this is really cool.
3: Who is this person? Ah,
4: singing from Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> my wayward son. Here with,
3: here to the yes. yes,
4: exactly. I, Thanks, sir. I'm impressed. <laughs> so, I was going to make a uh, joke, I was like, oh, uh-huh. So do you knew him? Or knew well, him well him. Knew oh, him. no. Oh, no, him. yeah. I played football, So I, I know. Okay, so he grew up on campus, close to yeah. water tower park, and he'd go play in water tower park, and the sweat from the water tower would drip on him, and so they, there were some memories, and so as yeah. we started working on the park, um, the foundation started approaching us as a city, and so not- um, very cool. Cool. <laughs> so I'm excited. Um, and then October 14th, the Halloween paint in downtown with the Optimus Group. Um, and then we got some holiday extravaganza and other affairs. Uh, December 2nd, holiday extravaganza arts and crafts show at Sports Boy um, That's That concludes in my report. Okay. Very
2: well. Okay, so um let's see the calendar. Um this uh, this walk through the cemetery, it was initiated by the friends of the Oak Hill Cemetery. And um, so they're now they're now part of the Watkins Historical Society. They were separate, now they're part of that. And they want they want us to come out and and just see why they are so sort of endorsing you know the idea of parts and reps spending more time and effort in trying to maintain.
1: The cemetery. Is there a specific spot in the cemetery where we meet them, or we just okay. drive out and look for people? I don't know yet. <laughs> that'd be good to know.
4: We'll organize, Roger. Uh, will organize a location. That yeah, in. that'd be great. Yeah.
2: Okay, can we um, have a um, motion
3: to adjourn? I have one quick question. On, How many open advisory board spots are there?
4: just one right now um John uh, comes off the board in December so we'll have two
0: um
4: uh, that is my memory um I think we've the vacancy to the city manager's office who so had let the, the mayor know so that should be in process but I haven't heard I don't recall hearing anything back
8: so nominations have to come from the city commission mm-hmm. is that right yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah
8: but the person has to
4: go through and, and they have to apply okay. yes yeah. and so if you have people that you want to encourage them apply, encourage them to apply or, or reach out uh, to the mayor sometimes the state commissioner or the mayor takes recognition some <laughs> and they may have somebody in mind already i don't know <laughs>
3: Now I'll make a motion to adjourn. (laughs) I'll
2: second that. All in favor, give you a (laughs) hand. Next advisory board
8: meeting October 9th.